Wish you had more space in your home? Use MakeSpace. They'll pick up, store, and deliver your stuff. Get started at MakeSpace.com and use the code CHICAGO50, that's CHICAGO50, to get $50 of free storage. Dynasty Podcast is proud to present PodClass, a series of conversations recorded at a college, university, or other academic or industry setting. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at DynastyPodcast.com. Today, an in-class conversation recorded in Justin Sinkovich's Business of Media course at Columbia College, Chicago. Here's how that sounds. So everybody, uh, what we're doing here today is uh, we have Haima Black. He does Dynasty Podcasts. And um, we're going to talk about, basically we're transitioning from traditional media into new media this week. So with that, we have the quintessential person to explain that transition um, here, and we're going to be doing so uh, on the microphones as part of the podcast, and this is going to be uh, part of his podcast series. So we're, we're doing this for real. So everybody, uh, feel free to uh, ask questions, and let's get a discussion going, and uh, yeah, so let's get started. Cool. All right, um, so my name is Haima Black. I'm a podcaster, digital media content creator. I do a lot of um, digital media, or I guess what would be called new media. I don't know if people still use that expression, but I do a lot of like online content. So podcasting, video, streaming, things like that. My background is originally in traditional media, which it sounds like you guys were studying recently. I worked in radio for 13 years. I don't know if any of you guys remember Q101, the alternative station. A couple of heads are nodding, yeah. Um, they've been off the air for about two, two and a half years, and already I think a lot of people are like, it's that's such a long time in this day and age that I think a lot of people have forgotten, which is really crazy. So so I worked at a Q101 Radio, the alternative rock station that was here in Chicago for about, like the station was here for about 20 years. I worked there for 13 years, from 1998 until 2011. In 2005, I started podcasting, which, um, does anyone in here know what a podcast is or anyone not know what a podcast is? Okay. Just in case. A podcast is like an online radio show or piece of audio, or, or now it really means a lot of things. It can mean video, it can mean live streaming, it can mean, just it's just another word for like online content. It's primarily audio, but again, it can mean other things, and you can do live podcasts like what we're doing in this class right now. Um, so I've been podcasting, just creating online audio and also some video and stuff like that since 2005, which is when we launched Dynasty Podcast. Um, it's a music podcast series here in Chicago, so we do a lot of interviews with you know, musicians and, and music industry and media industry people. Um, and then in the last few years, we've branched out and started doing like live panels at you know, places like Rocket Bar and Grill, um, workshops at, at some different places, and even kind of academic live podcasts like we're doing here. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of, a, I think, more or less an overview of what we do. You know. Great. So for those on the podcast, listening to the podcast, my name is Justin Sinkovich. I'm faculty at uh, Columbia College Chicago. I run the media management program in the uh, arts, entertainment, and media management department. So we're in the business and media class with some awesome students, and what we've been talking about this semester, this is basically the, the first class you would take as a media management major concentration, 
and uh, we survey as best we can the entire media industry. Uh, and we start out with traditional, we kind of go through the history of media. So we start out with print and journalism and just overall the big picture of media. Then we go into uh, radio, music industry. Then we go into more visual. So we go into TV and film. So this is a perfect opportunity. So we, that, you know, those are the traditional medias if we, if we want to describe them as, as that. Then we uh, transition into the nuts and bolts of new media. So of course we threaded throughout, we've talked about how new media has impacted uh, immensely all of those traditional media industries, but now we're really focusing on new media. So again, we're really excited to have you here today because this is the perfect transition because you're really a living example of by necessity to, to uh, keep your, you, you know, <laughs> what your interests and your livelihood afloat, moving from traditional media being largely radio yeah. into new media. So can you talk about first your background in traditional radio and have, yeah. how that uh, evolved into what you do today? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, it, yeah, I guess it does sound kind of like it's a fit of what you guys are studying. Uh, what happened was I started, like I said, I started working in radio in 1998 my like large kind of like I landed at Q101 as an intern in 1998 and I was like 15 years old. So that was pretty like not really heard of, you know, it'd be like if you got an internship today at like kiss FM or like B96 at like 15 years old. And then I stayed there for over a decade, which is even weirder because usually that does not happen. It, it was a very kind of like bizarre case study. So, but I, I was, it was, it was a great experience. And I'm really, really, thankful and happy that I was able to do that. So I started working at Q101 early on, and that was when radio was still really one of the premier methods for people getting their music. And then, you know, downloading happened and Napster and blah, blah, blah. And, you you know, you started to see this shift that was gradually impacting all media, you know, with print and with, with online kind of... I don't know. Online was kind of like taking the place of a lot of traditional media um, channels. So on my end, I was starting to see radio be affected a little bit. I mean, we were still a really successful station. Um, but in general, you could see that the industries, the music industries, the radio industry, the broadcast industries, they were all being impacted by radio or by the internet um, and things like downloading and later streaming and things like that. So um, on my end, when I started podcasting in 2005, I, in the back of my head, kind of felt like I was like making a lifeboat in case things ever got dodgy. Um, Cause my thought process was one day, either I will get fired from radio or the station I'm working at won't be around. And I knew it was just a matter of time until one of those things happened. And one of those things happened, the station, uh, you know, switched formats and went off the air. And then subsequently I got fired, but I got fired because everyone got fired. So, so I started podcasting in 2005 and I was doing that for, six years while I was also at the radio station. So I was doing like the old media thing or the traditional media thing, let's say, and then the, you know, digital media thing side by side. And um, when I stopped working in radio, I still had, you know, my online presence, all my social media presence, uh, the online content, like, you know, all the podcasts and things like that. So I was still able to move forward with, producing content and being in the media realm and, and being in the music space professionally 
even though my traditional job was gone, I just kind of made what I was doing with the podcast and my online sites more of a, a career kind of project for myself, if that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so what, what was it like to uh, move from a bit, you know, you, you move from a big corporate structure. So first, well, I guess first back up and tell us the nuts and bolts of what it was like to work for a, you know, Q101, that's a big, big organization. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, advertising money and other infrastructure at play. Can you kind of walk us through what it was like to work within that environment and produce? So uh, on my end, I think we kind of had, I think, the best setup you could ask for. I was working with a DJ named Chris Payne. Uh, I was the producer. Chris was the host. And we worked on a local music show. That was our our job at Q101. Was we worked on the Chicago music show. It aired once a week for an hour every Sunday night. It was called Local 101. And that was great because you hear kind of horror stories from people about working in like corporate media or whatever. But Local 101 was really nice because Chris and I had this very rare freedom to more or less do whatever we want, or at least play whatever we wanted, because our programming departments, uh, the people who were in charge of the station, they were, um, you know, there was a lot of turnover, and they were focused on, like, some of the some of the more important programming, like the morning shows and afternoon shows and evening shows during the week. So I think we were really lucky in that we got to bypass, I think, a lot of the corporate obstacles that maybe have existed for other people. And I'm not even saying that those existed at Q101, but just in general, when you hear people talk about traditional media jobs, um, Chris and I had a lot of freedom. And what I mean by that is we were able to pick out the music that we wanted to play on the radio and then play it, which most DJs on the radio are not able to do, unless it's a really specialized program or if it's like college radio, if it's online radio or like Sirius XM, things like that. But just regular radio, when you turn on in your car, like FM, generally the DJ is not picking those selections. And we got to do that on Sunday nights. So it was, it was a less hindered experience than I think a lot of people had. And it was, it was great. We got to break a lot of new music. We got to bring in a lot of great guests. And I took a lot of that spirit with me in, in the podcasting world because now our model for what we do with the podcast, um, you know, myself and my producer Layla here, we, we book, you know, who we want to talk to. And that's it. We don't have anyone telling us who we have to talk to, who we have to put on the podcast. It's literally just a matter of like, who do we think would make for great conversation? We think that they've got something important to say and, and something really great going on, and that's who we book. And then it's kind of a great content model because there's nobody on that we have to put on. It's only people that we think have something worthwhile to say, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's an interesting distinction that I'm a got to, instead of working within following rotation in the normal broadcast of Q101, he had this specialty show, is what you would call it, Yeah. Um, where they could they had free reign. They had uh, creative freedom to bring in what they thought was important from around Chicago and feature that and bring them into the studio and that sort of thing. So that, yeah, I guess you did kind of dodge the, the, the constraints was, of being in a... Nice. Yeah, I guess so. That's awesome. Um, so tell us what it's like. I mean, my really uh, most of my questions revolve around how how is this working for you? Like we, you I see you 
out there hustling, doing, um, uh, doing great work. And this is, this is how you make a living, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, podcasting is really my full-time thing, which the big question that a lot of people ask is they're like, how do you monetize this? Cause it's online content. And that, the answer to that is our model is like, we produce the content and we put that up online for free. And what I mean by content is like the audio podcast, the videos, the live streaming we do, you know, all of the, all the stuff that you're going to digest online theoretically that people can engage with. We make all that free. And then if we do a live event, then we can monetize that through either a sponsor or the venue. Um, we generally try to make our live events free. And what I mean by live events is like, we'll do, um, like we, we've done a lot of panels where we bring together three or four different industry people, um, talk about one topic for that hour. So we'll do a panel on like social media and how to brand yourself online or how to monetize the music industry or things like this. Um, so we try to make all of our content and encounters and engagements and live events free because I think that brings people in. And then, yeah, you know, doing, you know, sponsorships, doing partnerships with different brands on different projects and then monetizing the live events either through a venue or a sponsor that's really been how we've been able to turn this into a business because online is in this tricky place and that there's a lot of really 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 tremendous content online whether it's a great blog or you know youtube series or anything like this but so many of the content creators you know whether they're a writer or a video producer or a podcaster so many of us are doing it for free so you have to be a little bit savvy and a little bit creative on building in components that you can monetize while still keeping your primary output, your, your primary product free for people. Because if we charge for the podcast, no one would hear it because everything else on the internet's free. So why would people pay for this? So it's, it's kind of like a, a tricky tightrope act, but I, I think, you know, for us, the, the live events and, and pursuing you know, sponsorships and partnerships that make sense. That's really opened up a lot of doors for us and allowed us to do more with the podcast. So, so clearly, like we've talked about throughout this class, sponsorship and advertising, crucial to uh, the livelihood of this, this operation. How, how do you, how do you manage that as well? So this, I mean, this is basically, this is the, the company right yeah, here, this yeah, two person it's, it's team, It's literally right? just myself and, um, you know, this is Layla Royale. She's been with me for six years on the podcast and she's my producer. And as of right now, and we're in talks to bring on a video producer. We've had a couple of video producers over the years, but right now we're in the talks to get a new one because we don't currently have one. But at the moment, it's literally just myself and her. And we are trying to do a small scale version of a, basically a radio station's entire job, what would normally be like 50 people, you know, um, which is not always easy because there's a lot. The, the more you try to make it a business, there's so much more that comes with that. And it's such a uh, kind of a large investment of time and energy. And you really have to love what you're doing because otherwise there are so many other ways to make money much quicker and easier and more money and not put yourself through like, staying up 48 hours at a time sometimes just to get stuff done but if you love what you do you don't really notice that and then by day three your body's like hey you're gonna sleep for 16 hours but yeah i mean the the, the entire company is myself and layla at the moment uh layla handles as you can see all the live 
kind of um, engineering, setting up the recording, setting up live streaming and video things. And then we, in turn, take this content. We go back to our uh, workspace. We chop it up and edit it and then put it online and channels like SoundCloud and Vimeo and YouTube so that it all looks and sounds nice. And uh, and then literally, genuine, like generally the second we put something online, then we dip back into our inbox and we're like, okay, next week we're at this place. Let's start getting ready for that. So it's, you know, it's just like, it's like that I Love Lucy, you know, um, assembly line <laughs> sequence that I'm sure no one gets that reference because that is so old. I got it. Yeah. Like, oh. That's yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So, so okay. Uh, so how many podcasts are you doing? Are you taping per week, per month? Um, on average. All so of I, them? I don't <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot. I mean, we generally try to have a lot of different podcasts going we try to have a lot of like artist interviews and industry interviews so when i talk about that um we cover chicago music and that's really our thing and that could be you know anyone from like you know in the hip-hop scene like you know someone like rocky fresh or chance the rapper to you know in the indie scene a group like gemini club or my gold mask to um the dj side of things like the hood internet or midnight conspiracy or cruella or, or anyone in there so we you know we're not limiting ourselves to one genre we try to cover a lot of chicago music so we've got our artist interviews and then we'll do our industry interviews we've had on people from like leo burnett which is one of the huge advertising agencies in chicago um joe shanahan from the metro we were able to do a really great interview with him uh last summer we were really lucky to get some time with him um so we'll do artists and industry interviews and then we'll do, like I talked about, like, you know, some panels, which are generally a live event, um, some workshops, which is kind of the same thing, um, focused on, like, how to, you know, how to produce video, how to go on tour, things like that. And then, you know, this is becoming more of our model as well, and, you know, going into classrooms and doing kind of pod class type discussions, as I call them, which is a terrible name now that I say it out loud. <laughs> so, all right, so let's walk through the quickly i think it's relatively straightforward not that it's not time consuming but so let's talk about the production process of of a podcast and um so obviously we're recording it currently but it's not a podcast inherently is not going out live yeah generally it's not going out live there are ways to put them out live as you're doing them what i mean by that is like um like when you turn on the news and then like, oh, we're going to go to so-and-so down at Navy Pier for the haunted house. And that person's there in real time and they're broadcasting that live. like Or like, you know, some award shows and things like that. Those are live. So generally what we're doing is not live. Generally we're recording something, whether we're just doing audio or also filming it. And then we go home and edit it. Every once in a while we do them live over channels like uh, Mixler if we're just doing live audio. Or... Um, Google Hangouts or Ustream if we're doing live streaming video. So, you know, there's the actual recording of whatever the podcast is, you know, whether it's live or just interviewing a band. And maybe there's an added um, streaming component in it as well so people can watch it live as it's happening. Then we go back to our uh, kind of workspace, take whatever the media is, whether it's audio or video, do some chopping of it, you know, try to make it tight, try to make it um, look and sound great and, and really, you know, enhance it and engineer it and produce it and, and create the best version of that possible. We put in a bunch of metadata, which is very boring, but that's essentially just 
putting in the name of everything in, you know, YouTube or Vimeo or the SoundCloud file so that, you know, like, I don't know if you guys ever really did much downloading or if it's all been streaming, but you ever like download a track and then it opens in your iTunes and it just says song one and it doesn't have the artist and it doesn't have the title. And you're like, what did I, you know, like two weeks later, you're like, what is this? What did I download? I don't know what this is. So metadata allows you to, if someone downloaded the podcast and it shows up in your iTunes, it tells you what it is. And that's actually a good promotional vehicle as well. So for me, I know for Epitonic back in the olden days, being one of the first MP3 sites on the internet, the way we were uh, could virally market Epitonic to everyone is we would tag uh, in the in the tracks information about going to Epitonic to download more free music on every MP3. And since you know people were downloading hundreds of thousands of MP3s from us. That was showing up on everybody's MP3 player. Yeah. So it just kind of spread virally that way. You just got to put yourself out there in every way possible, you know? And so putting the metadata in there is just one more very tiny, very rarely seen, but still existent way of identifying who we are. So then we put the stuff online, you know, again, whether it's through like YouTube or Vimeo or SoundCloud, um, we promote it through, you know, Facebook and Twitter, just like everybody. Instagram is a big one for us. We've started using Snapchat promotionally, um, which is kind of cool. I like Snapchat. I know that there's a certain idea that it's for a certain thing, but we've had some good results using it promotionally and professionally. Um, How so, if I can ask? Because that's not something I've used. Yeah, you know, like uh, we will just, um, it's just kind of a way to create awareness, like in real time. So we just did a live event at a office downtown, like a music office. And about 20 minutes before we were going to start streaming, I took my phone out. I took a picture of the live stage setup that we were going to be doing the live podcast at. And then the text on the Snapchat that I sent to, you know, 30 or 40 people that I'd know um, was just like, hey, you know, tune in streaming live at, you know, 7 p.m. Central Standard at YouTube.com slash Dynasty Podcasts. And, you know, it reaches some people that way because Snapchat is kind of like a um, it's like a picture text essentially, but you're sending it out and people can just see it for like 10 seconds. So again, it's just like one component of our promotional strategy. It's not like our whole promotional strategy is built around Snapchat, but it's just another element. But Instagram has been a really big one for us. And I know that, um, Instagram more and more, I think is just becoming such a great vehicle for promotion and self-promotion and marketing yourself and what you do i mean it really doesn't matter what you're doing it like there's probably some visual component of whatever it is you're doing whether you're doing a live event or a fashion line or shooting a video or doing an interview or anything instagram is such a great way to put it out to people because people are so into visuals now you know and that goes such a long way interesting interesting so let's let's go back and so if you are uh doing a live broadcast stream of um of your show, and you talked about some different platforms that would, you would use, Mixler, Google Hangout, Ustream, of course. Talk about, because I have a feeling um, people in our podcast audience and students here today are interested in how, make, how to make that work, because they they're producing a lot of interesting content yeah. themselves. Have you guys ever used, has anyone ever used Ustream or Livestream or Google Hangouts? Okay, so a couple of you guys. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know how it works, essentially these are tools, just like everything else online, 
that allow you to reach a live audience in real time. So like I said, like if you're doing a fashion show, if you're doing a live concert, if you're doing an interview like this, whatever you're doing, you can, I mean, you could literally just use the webcam that's on your camera or on your laptop and even now your phone, or you can get like a nicer camera or a nicer webcam and, and you know, kind of route those through. But essentially it just allows you to create like a live TV show essentially so that people can watch what you're doing in real time versus if you shoot something with your camera and then you go home and you take three days to edit it and then people see it, you know, if you do something on Monday and they see it Thursday, it's great that you're putting it up, but it loses a little bit of the immediacy. If you're streaming it and you're like, hey, we're doing a private interview with, you know, whatever rapper or we're doing a fashion show this Monday, you can watch it live as it happens. It's just kind of a cool way to bring people into what you're doing and create excitement at the time that it's happening. Google Hangouts, I really like as a platform, and I think it's still evolving a bit, but the nice thing about Google Hangouts is that it will stream through Google, which means it streams through YouTube, because YouTube and Google are partnered. So the really cool thing about that is you can stream through, through your YouTube channel. Like when we do it, we will put out like, hey, we're gonna do a live podcast event, and we're gonna stream it at youtube.com slash dynastypodcasts. And that's a really easy URL for people to wrap their head around. If you say, hey, come watch it on Ustream, not everyone knows what Ustream is, even though it's a tremendous platform. So I like directing people to our YouTube because everyone knows what YouTube is. The other advantage of Google Hangouts is when we are streaming live through Google Hangouts, the second we finish the stream, like we turn it off and we say like, okay, we're done, it'll buffer for like two, three, five minutes or whatever, and then it literally just uploads to YouTube automatically. So you don't even have to edit it and format it and stuff. It's just going to go straight to YouTube so that video is available five minutes later. You can download it and make it private for a little bit and edit it if you want and then, you know, upload a new version of that file and, and make it a little bit tighter and a little bit, you know, put like a title card or whatever you want to do. But if you don't want to do that, then that content is just automatically on YouTube five minutes later. And then you can just literally send that out as soon as your event is done. Be like, hey, the fashion show's over or like our interview with whoever's over. But if you want to watch it, it's here and we just finished five minutes ago. So that's, I, I think that that's like a really cool advantage and a great way to get your content out and build excitement about whatever you're doing. Absolutely. So that's, I mean, that's something I've kind of struggled with and this is pretty inspiring to me because in as everyone in our live audience knows and you know that I as well as teaching run epitonic.com and we yeah. do a lot of live events we record artists um, constantly so it's multi-track audio and it's the post-production is is not anything too heavy but there's a lag time there and there's something really to be said about maybe sacrificing a little bit of polishing for the immediacy, immediacy factor yeah, uh, in your in your content because if you record something and then it doesn't show up until a month later or a couple weeks later, that kind of loses the spirit of an artist coming through town or the the week there um, of their new release or yeah, know, what that is. I mean, people have such a short attention span now. It's it's like it's crazy, you know. Um, and I, I've been teaching here at Columbia as well this semester. It's my first semester teaching. And we were talking about Miley Cyrus kind of the first half of the semester. Yeah, Justin was very instrumental in making that happen. That's very him. awesome. Um, very appreciative. So we were talking about Miley Cyrus in my uh, instrumental management class for the first half of the semester. And, you know, we were studying a lot of the different antics and, and stunts that she was doing. 
And then literally by the time her album dropped, I think everybody was just kind of like, are you still here? You know, and it's like, by the time the actual product was available, that that was all this, what all that was building for, I think people are just kind of like, oh, I'm done with this. So now it's like the, the attention span people have is so limited that it's really like, yeah, the immediacy of streaming is, I think, a great tool because people want things right now as they're happening, you know, not like check it out a week later or whatever. Um, so going back to the, you know, we talked about now how you record podcasts that you maybe do some post-production on, edit, or maybe do the slide broadcast. What I think is really interesting is the technology involved. We're talking a lot about, a, I mean, if you look at, this is it. I mean, yeah, really. this is it. Uh, not to diminish the great work that you guys do, but kind of the, the exciting part and kind of the challenge of being in the media industry. Uh, the exciting part is with a MacBook, an interface, audio interface, a couple microphones, and some recording and cables, editing, yeah. yeah, some cables and, a, and some uh, editing and recording software, and some obviously some skills, of course, but all of which being learned at Columbia, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leila is a alumni of Columbia. Uh, so, the exciting news is you can create a career, create a great uh, brand, um, create a, a media channel with you know, this table full of stuff and some skills. The interesting challenge, though, is everyone could, can now afford the same technology to yeah. be your competitor. I'm not that I don't wouldn't say you're viciously competitor against other people in doing content like this, but, but still but now, they're gonna they would be a competitor. Well, now everything's a competitor. Everything is a competitor against everything else. Like, like a YouTube series is a competitor against Breaking Bad, which is a competitor against Thor, which is a competitor against a Walking Dead graphic novel. Because everything's out there, and everything, whether it's whether it's print or media, or you know, or TV or a movie or a web series or a podcast or a Snapchat video, every you know, anything is is vying for people's time now. So it, it's not like the old days were like. If there was a rock radio station, its competitor was a different rock radio station. Now, everything's out there, and it's awesome. There's, like, such awesome stuff, and everybody's doing, like, two or three screens at a time. Like, when I watch a movie, I'm also on my phone probably, like, playing the new Justice League video game because it's awesome. I, I can't do one thing anymore. It's really, really, like, if I just sat and watched a movie, I'd be like, this is the most boring thing I've ever done. So... It is kind of crazy now because there are so uh, there are so many there's so much there's just so much everything that's vying for people's attention. So the best thing you can do is just try to produce content that hopefully will mean something to people. That's why we've been trying to do panels and workshops in the last couple of years because if we're doing a panel on how to monetize your music because that's a big problem right now then maybe that's going to be useful to people. Maybe they'll want to check it out because that helps them solve a problem. Or if we do a panel on how to brand yourself online and we bring in some great people like we had um, on that panel we did, which was at Rocket, um, this was like a year ago, a year and a half. We had like Andrew Barber from Fake Shore Drive. We had Ernest Wilkins from The Red Eye. We had really great, sharp, successful, professional people giving their take on how to 
brand yourself online. So maybe someone's going to want to listen to that. Not for me, but because the people who are on it have really great advice. So, you know, the best thing you can do is create content, whatever it is, whether it's audio or video or, or streaming or pictures or whatever, or words, you know, whether you're just writing a blog, create something that means something to you. And chances are, if, if it connects with you on an emotional level and it means something to you, it has a better chance of connecting with other people. If you do a podcast that's just like, listen to how great I am. This is why I'm awesome. Like, no one is going to care about that at all. But if you do a podcast about like, here is a problem, like monetizing your music, this is a problem. Let's talk about some solutions on how we can solve this. And people can take something away from that. So, I mean, I think that that's the best thing you can do because, because right now there's a billion things vying for everyone's attention. You just have to create something that's meaningful and, and hopefully it connects with other people. Okay, great. I think that's an excellent yeah. place to end it. Thank you guys so much for... Uh, Thank you guys so much for letting us talk to you for like so long. Um, hopefully it was not boring. I really appreciate you guys being really, really awesome and having some great questions. And thank you very much to Justin for having us here today. Very, very cool. Thank you. This is a big honor. So I appreciate it. And also my it. producer Layla for running this. And we will let Justin know. Thanks, when, Layla. Um, yeah, Layla. We'll let Justin know when the podcast goes up so everybody here can listen to it or not. Um, yeah, give us some advance warning, and I'll, I'll get uh, Columbia and the department to help promote it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I and, love it. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thanks, guys. This has been the Dynasty Podcast Podcast Series. Thanks to Justin Sinkovich for having Dynasty Podcasts in his class. You can find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.